Um, I've, I've already started recording. Are y'all ready? Ready. Ready. Let's do it. Let's get this done. And one. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Mid-Level Show. We are midweek on the Mid-Level Show with my favorite mid-levels, Kara, Amber, and Fran, representing all three of our performance medicine offices. I have my coffee. I'm outside. I've taken a nap. I feel good. And the reason I feel good is that we are talking about one of my favorite subjects. I've probably said that too many times about this is my favorite subject, but testosterone therapy, I think if performance medicine does anything well, I think we do a lot of things well, hormone replacements, we are good at, and especially with tea. And uh, Dr. Rogers, Papa T, uh, in the doctor's note, goes over everything that you can expect from testosterone therapy. How I wanted to start this one out is a little bit different because everything he explained to that note is what we explain in the room. That's almost verbatim what we say in the room of how we can expect it. I kind of wanted us to start off with any sort of patient stories that we may have from our mid-levels today of how testosterone has changed people's lives. Because we get a myriad of stories. I probably should have, I didn't prep them with that question before, so sorry, I'm throwing you on the spot, but... Um, I, uh, I, I, there are too many to count, but I've had one particular patient that's always stood out to me that he was a little bit like the patient dad discussed in the note where his testosterone, his testosterone was 251. So a normal range on most labs is 250 to maybe 900 or 1,000. His was 251. He had every symptom in the book and the office would not prescribe him testosterone. And because he didn't fit the technical criteria on that lab sheet. And after he had testosterone for six weeks, he was, he said he described it like the clouds had lifted. And this, these are his words. Um, he said clouds lifted, he felt brighter, and he's never felt more like himself. And it's just, uh, it's amazing what that hormone can do. Mm-hmm. But even too, it's just, uh, it's something that we're not taught in school. I'm fresh, I'm a year out of PA school, and we don't go over hormone replacement therapy. Very mm-hmm. little. Um, does anybody else have a short to share? How about Kara representing our Knoxville office? Any sort of yes. testosterone anecdotes? Well, I had a patient I saw yesterday that um, I started on testosterone and then I called him today. And he's, he said, you know, maybe it's a, it's a placebo effect, but I feel so much better. I got so much more out of my workout this morning. And I mean, he just sounded great on the phone, just like totally different than, you know, who I had talked to yesterday. So ready, he was feeling, he was feeling better. So that's amazing. I mean, uh, we, we tell two patients to expect kind of the first week, a testosterone cypionate, the most common form of testosterone. And we can get into that too, uh, is usually a kind of a, some say there's a duration of action of seven days, some say 10 days, but um, got right after the, the next day, he's already starting to feel something too. W- was this patient kind of on the younger end? Was he kind of mid-age? Yeah, 45. 45. Yeah, he was in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. And that's too something I think it's important for listeners and viewers to know is that low T can happen at any age. It really can. And just because you're in your late 20s, early 30s does not... I had uh, two patients today, both in their early 30s, not older than 32, either of them, both on testosterone therapy and clinical low T. Uh, one had a test, total testosterone of 160, and the other had a total testosterone of 300 with a lot of mm-hmm. symptoms. But 
in their early 30s. Mm -hmm. uh, Fran, any stories, any testosterone stories? Yeah, um, well, it's usually it's the same story, but anyone, when I go into the room and they're there and they've been on it for a while, they are just smiling from ear to ear. They are so happy. They feel great. They feel like they got their life back, their zest for life. You know, I've heard them say things like, you know, my wife keeps saying, I'm acting like myself again. I'm joking around. I'm, you know, I'm not grumpy and just coming home and going and taking a nap. Yeah. It, it really just, it changes them. It changes them back to who they used to be, not into someone they weren't, you know. Just put, put some back at their youthful level. You, you make two amazing points. One is that, yes, it's getting them back to who they used to be. And who they used to be was testosterone being in the upper 800s or 900s. We're restoring a, a youthful vi vitality hormone. And so they're going to kind of get themselves back. Second thing you brought up is uh, just they're, they're not irritable anymore. They're not angry, quick to anger. Endocrine Society has put out that, that this is specifically for females, but replacing hormones decreases your risk of Alzheimer's by 10 within five years onset of menopause. So for males, it'd be andropause. Your brain has so many testosterone receptors. If anything I explain in the room, I say, I'm not doing this just as some sort of vanity quick fix to make you feel better. Yes, it does improve mm -hmm. sex, but this is not just what we're talking about. It's about improving your health span and specifically mm -hmm. for cognitive health. You're hitting receptors mm -hmm. in your brain and people just feel like themselves. The third thing you brought up is you got to ask the partner. You got to ask the partner who, how they are doing. They're going to be the ones to tell you that I've got my spouse back. So um, that's really good. Amber, any, any anecdotes, any testosterone stories? You've been with us for quite a bit of time, too. So you've seen yes. us through the years. Oh, thank you, Andy. You, you, you would <laughs> never know it from that youthful glow. You would oh, never my, know you, it. Oh, you must so be a precious. product of hormones. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I'm going to be soon, I'm sure. I have no <laughs> doubt. But no, um, uh, I was just, you know, second everything Kara and Fran said. I'm thinking, what can I add? And I did, because like you said, the patients are innumerable. I can't, I can't go through, but I did have one and it was semi-recent who's um, one of his biggest, uh, you know, obviously he had um, symptoms. He had the low energy um fatigue, brain fog, but it was more of a depression. He felt depressed. And the doctor, the family practitioner wanted just to kind of treat him with antidepressants. And, um, and that was not the way to go because really what his problem was, was low T. And once his testosterone got up, it affected him, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. He was, um, much as you, as you have already, y'all have already said, pleasant and happy. It's, it's, kind of amazing how that one little hormone can, I, and I, t I spoke about this sometimes with patients where if they get a little bit leery about replacing with testosterone and we'll kind of, we'll talk about some risks and benefits. Every medication has risk and benefits, but I compare it to being a patient with type one diabetes. I am hormone deficient. I make no insulin. I replace the hormone and I'm back to myself again. If I did not have that hormone, Hey, I'd be dead in a week, but yeah. it, it, I wouldn't be myself. So if you think about testosterone replacement, we're replacing that hormone. And I will say men out there, we have it easier. Okay. Women have it harder. You have three hormones working against you cyclically and, and it's much tougher to replace and replace. Well, for men, we are trying to get you to that high end of the curve and keep you there 
without side effects. And so Dr. Rogers makes really great points about side effects. And this is what's important to know about testosterone therapy, why we draw labs. Most people, do we really have to draw labs? I feel good. Yeah, we want to draw labs because testosterone can get a bad name when it's not used effectively. If it's not used appropriately, we always check for A, your total testosterone to see where it's at. We want you on the high end of normal near anywhere from the 800s to 1100. Uh, we always check a complete blood count. So how thick your blood is with hemoglobin, mm -hmm. hematocrits, testosterone cipionate, the attachments can thicken the blood. That's just a side effect of it, no matter what attachment you use. And there's ways to, um, to counteract that with blood donations and your estrogen levels. Uh, estrogen, testosterone can convert through aromatization to estrogen. And that's where you see men will get uh, chest tenderness or nipple tenderness, uh, gynecomastia. Uh, so we check estrogen. And, and two, I guess um, I would love y'all's opinions on where you like estrogen. I know Dr. Rogers, whenever I started with him, um, we're wanting it. Uh, ideally, I love it when it's in the 30s. Oh, when you get that lab back and it's like 33, you're like, yes. Good, great, exclamation point. But then when it gets towards the 40s, uh, a high level on a lab is going to be 39. So anything above is going to be flagged high. Um, I usually start around 45, start thinking about doing zinc. Uh, then kind of as it approaches 50 during uh, anastrozole. I wonder if you all have any opinions on that. Or I've even had some guys that have transferred from other clinics that are automatically put on anastrozole no matter what. Do you all have any opinions? Carol, we'll start with you. I, um, Dr. Rogers has said, um, anybody on testosterone needs to be on zinc. Yep. It prevents aromatization, like you said, of testosterone to estradiol. And it also helps to boost your T levels. So pretty much anybody on testosterone, start them on 50 milligrams of zinc every day. And then also DIM plus or, uh, life extensions has the cruciferous vegetables and, um, just encouraging the patients to stay on things that are more natural and hopefully not having to add, uh, the estrogen blocker. So I like it between 30 and 40. Yeah. That's good. Um, you know, I'm, and I wouldn't, you know, around 50, you know, uh, start thinking start about, yeah. And, and uh, for those Some extra stuff, and those listening or viewing, anastrozole is the most common one. It's a it's an aromatase inhibitor, and it's usually a half pill once a week. I have a lot of patients say, yeah, I think I did that half pill, like something like half once a week. That's anastrozole. So that's a true prescription estrogen blocker. Uh, Fran, any opinions on estrogen, aromatization, natural? I like Dim. You like to, I think that's a great way to go. Yeah. So before you before you go with the nastrozole, yeah. um, but I I think if if you do have a high estrogen level and you're a male and you're getting pellets, I think how convenient oh, yeah. to just put it in your palate. Absolutely. You know, then you don't have to do anything. You've got your pellets. You've got your blocker. You're just free to live. You make <laughs> you don't a have great to think point. about all this. Pellets are a great option, too. For males, he tags at the end of the note, creams versus shots versus pellets. So I have one guy on a sublingual trochee. Um, I have one guy on actual oil. Uh, so there's a lot. I tell patients th that there's no one way to do testosterone, but there is a most common way. If I think about the most common thing that we write, it's testosterone, cypionate, 200 milligrams once a week. I've, I've had a nickel for everyone that we wrote. That's the most common. But pellets are another great way. I compare these to short bike rides. Daily is going to be small walks. If you're doing daily creams, small walks. Uh, weekly shots, small bike rides. Pellets, that long plane flight. 
So if you want to sit back in cruise control, pellets are a great way to do that. If you don't know anything about pellets, pellets are the, I'm sure actually between all four of us right now, it's probably our favorite thing that we do. Yes. Just, it's my yes. favorite thing. I freaking love it. Like, give me that knife, give me that trocar, put those pellets in. I freaking love it. Um, it's, an, uh, it's a sterile procedure we do where pellets for males last up to six months, uh, and it's a slow release of almost like these little Tic Tacs that sit in your hip. But, friends, right, you can add an anastrozole, I believe, in four milligrams to that as well, so you already get your estrogen blocker. That's great. Um, Amber, any estrogen stories? Just <laughs> well, I, you know, actually, I do have one Good. about, uh, and it's recent, because um, men sometimes will fear estrogen. They'll come in with a preconceived idea of I'm going to get man boobs if I do testosterone and I don't want that. So just put me on the blocker because I don't want to have any estrogen in my body. But actually men need estrogen just like women need testosterone, just at a much lower level. And I have had patients who um, it was suppressed to a level of, uh, you know, under 10 and they felt horrible and they are thinking, I just need more testosterone. But really the problem was their estrogen was too low. So once again, the importance of checking your labs, you know, and not self regulating your own testosterone. I cannot stress enough the patients that come in and buy their own tea from who, wherever, and they're not checking their labs they're they're you know just looking really buff and you don't know the things that could be going on in your body and whether more than likely you're converting to estrogen and it could be super high and you not be symptomatic but um but if you are on your own like a different type of of blocker too you you need to make sure it's not too low or if you if you're experiencing those symptoms that it could be too low as well that's yes oh god this is a really great subject i'm glad we're talking about this today yes Estrogen, uh, when I can uh, explain it to females, I'm always kind of wanting their estrogen between 60 and 80. I'm like, yeah, 80% of the time you want your mom there, your estrogen, your female hormone, too much, and you're going to be driven crazy, and you're going to be gaining weights. Your mom's just feeding you. But your mom also wants to protect your heart and your bones. That's where estrogen really lives and loves. Um, And she wants to give you structural fat too, uh, so that when you fall, you don't break anything. So think about estrogen as your mom. And for guys, you do need some of that female hormone too, for your heart, for your bones, structural fat. So that is a good idea. I've had the same thing too. I had an interesting patient one time that came in uh, who had gotten testosterone the internet. And I will tell you this, if you're a view, if you're listening right now, listen to me right now, we are the, I'm going to say we're the most non-judgmental <laughs> office that's out there. Oh yes, It does not matter Absolutely. what you've done. I had a guy come in today. He's trying to get some of his buddies to come, but they, they're fearful for, uh, they were previous steroid users in, um, in their early twenties, which is a very common yeah. story. We get that. Yeah. How often do we get that story? I did testosterone at the gym. Now I have low T. The reason that mm-hmm. happens, your body and your brain, your HPA axis, this hypothalamic pituitary axis is like a thermostat. And if you add heat into a room with a thermostat, the thermostat thinks it doesn't have to turn on. So that's what happens with early testosterone use. It can actually just, it can disrupt that communication and cause low T. But I'm telling you that then the treatment is we got to replace it and replace it well. So we will never judge if that's part of your story. Actually, we want you to come in if that's part of your story. Uh, it's just so easy to get testosterone uh, in different places off the internet. This guy got it from Germany, um, got the bottle and he brought the bottle with him and he felt awful, felt awful. He was also 
beet red, very tender. Um, and, and he was thinking that the testosterone did not work. So I was like, the only way to really know if this is legit testosterone is to check your labs. We need to check your labs, see when your last uh, shot was. He was giving, and he was telling me how he was dosing it, and he was dosing it up, upwards to start with. And this is the danger of what Amber was talking about, is correctly dosing. He was doing 250 milligrams twice weekly. So already very, very high threshold. Our highest dose that we usually see at the office is 250 or 300 once weekly for those very resistant with low bioavailability. So he's doing 500 for the week. Didn't feel good. So upped it to 500 twice a week. So giving a thousand milligrams of testosterone, sipunate, and wasn't feeling good. So we checked, uh, checked levels. Testosterone was almost 3,800. Estrogen levels were almost 200. Hemoglobin hematocrit was upwards of maybe 20 and 58, 59, uh, which, which are well above our thresholds for intervention. Uh, but two, it's just a, it was a great lesson and a great opportunity for us. A, I told him, you know what? Your testosterone definitely works. That stuff is real. Um, but we just got to come down on the dose. More does not mean better in testosterone for sure. And that's kind of where testosterone can get a bad name. More does not mean better. It just means more opportunity for side effects. Uh, but we just got his levels down. He actually said, you know what? It's probably not probably a better idea to use an American drug that's made here, but might as well use the rest of that bottle, but just come way down on the doses. And you feel much better after that. Um, but God, we talked, we talked about everything, pellets, shots. I actually have a question for you yeah. all. Yeah. And I've had a few guys talk about this, um, Cipionate versus Enanthate versus yeah. the blend. And we offer the blend, you know, at our office, which some guys like because it, you know, the Cipionate and the Enanthate's more of a longer acting. But um, I have my own um, ideas, but I kind of wanted your all's thoughts about what you've seen from both um, and, and what you would recommend to patients who are asking you, what should I go on? Yeah. Come, open it up. Kara, what do you think? We use primarily testosterone cipionate. Um, I hear Dr. Rogers talking about the blend a lot, and I think he likes the blend uh, for the reasons that Amber stated, and uh, you will hear him refer to that in his doctor's note, the blend, yeah. which is, you know, together. And it's usually to that. Do you think one has – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'll, just for those who are listening and viewing – Blend is cipionate and enanthate in an 80% cipionate, 20% enanthate blend. They're different attachments. Testosterone can come in cipionate, enanthate, propionate, and a USP. It's a way that it can be pushed into a powder. Those are the different attachments. Testosterone, there is something. It's not technically bioidentical. Bioidentical means made from plants. Testosterone, the closest you can get to bioidentical, if that is important to you, is through the USP powder, which is then made into creams. Um, so I had that question, almost one of my first mm-hmm. patients. Um, it's important for listeners to know that, that that's, the attachment has to be in there. We can't make it from a plant that I know of. You can fact check me on that. I may be wrong. But the ones we like to use and what Karen and Amber are talking about, uh, it's a blend. Um, and yeah, So sorry to interrupt. Amber, you had a question about that. Um, no, I think I <laughs> forgot it. Sorry. You go, you roll. No. I, I think uh, and, Dr. Rogers said the enanthate has less side effects, lasts longer. Less conversion uh, to estrogen. Yeah, there are some benefits. 
But we tend to go with cipionate first. And I wonder, is that just because of availability or do most patients respond best to that? And then if they do start swelling, we put them on an anthate. What are y'all? I think, uh, to my understanding, 95% of testosterone out there available in the pharmacies is going to be cipionate. So it's the most okay, common. It's uh, um, Two, it's kind of the most studied version of it or form of it. Uh, I also, too, note that enanthate can help out with twice weekly dosing as well when you get into a blend. And exactly what y'all have said, adding that or switching patients whenever they get side effects. Some patients get very oily with cipionate, like they get teenage acne and and on their backs as well mm-hmm. and chest, switching to a blend or just an anthate. And just like you were saying with swelling too, that's another common side effect. And mm-hmm. the best way to know is testosterone does not act the same in one person to the next. It's not age dependent, weight dependent. Uh, it, everybody reacts differently. So just kind of a little bit of trial and error and uh, testing out for side effects. Fran, mm-hmm. do you have any comments on, on the attachments? I just, I think, what you had just said it just really depends on the individual um what 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 you should use and it and i think it is trial and error i i happen to know a testosterone patient very well and he started out on the um cipionate and then he switched the blend and he likes the blend much better and then even the way you use it you know the sub q caused terrible itching for him but he can still do it i am and it's fine so everyone's different you just have to trial and error till you get it right, until they're feeling good. And what we're wanting, we want to hit receptors. That's what hormones do. It's a lock and key. So it goes in, clicks, and makes a change. So all we're doing is trying to hit those testosterone receptors. And I tell every patient, you have them in your brain, in your muscles, and in your genitalia. So you have them everywhere. Um, and how we hit those uh, is really up on a partnership with the patient. I think that the the four of us do a really great job of partnering with patients. Uh, we want to get them on the right track, on the right road. I can help you find that path, but how we get there is dependent on what you want to do and what your therapy wanted to do, uh, Once what you want your therapy to look like. Pellets, if you do not like once-weekly shots, if you travel a lot, pellets are an amazing option for you. Uh, and some patients respond better to pellets than they do actual testosterone injections, and some people re- respond differently the other way. Um, yeah, this has been good, and, and, and we're running a little bit out of time. We're still on a free Zoom call for the 40 minutes. <laughs> we'll get on performance medicine to get our own account, but um, um, I think we should go with any closing thoughts. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my closing thought is if you think you have low T, come get it checked. You may have low total T, but you also may have, uh, you may have a, a normal looking total testosterone that doesn't look that bad mid-range, making a C level on a bell curve, but your bioavailability and your free T may be very low and you may be having symptoms. So we have ways to still restore the HPA, still restore how you make testosterone through HCG, uh, which we didn't really talk about that much. But, um, uh, we have ways to kind of keep that furnace going, especially for you younger guys. So it, I just don't want you to think that this is a one and done type of therapy. Mm-hmm. Those are my closing thoughts. We'll go. I'm, I'm going to go to my left, Kara. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, like you were saying, could have a normal testosterone level, but it's always important to check the bioavailable. And um, also to treating the patient clinically. It's not just how they look on paper, but how they present in the office and really listening to their symptoms. You know, history is the most important part of the exam. So maybe it's not 
related to that. It could be related to something else. And um, so it's always important, you know, to treat the patient and everybody's different. I like that. And looking at something else, high prolactin levels for you young guys out there, um, low LH and low FSH levels, checking those to make sure that we're not missing a causative agent for low T. It's not just steroid use, but uh, Fran, closing thoughts. Um, just that at performance medicine, I think we do a really good job of not just treating the lab work, we're treating the patient. So we definitely want the lab work and we use the lab work, but it's that's just a moment in time when they draw those labs and things can change and it's really treating the patient and treating the symptoms yeah. and making sure that we're at optimal levels, not at dangerous levels. Right. So I like it. That's about it. Amber, bring us, bring us home. Bring it home. We have, we have, we have given you the alley oop. We are, we are oh, the bases. Goodness. The bases are loaded. Okay. It is the bottom of the night. <laughs> no, bring stop. it this home. Is no, uh, the pressure is very anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, with tes- not with testosterone. Not with testosterone. <laughs> it ain't anticlimactic. That's right. It is not anticlimactic. If you think, if you think you have low T, come and see us. Um, but also, um, if you're a guy, just like the story you shared, take ownership of your health and of your care. So if you are even currently, um, getting hormone replacement with us, make sure you're up to date on your labs, you know, make it your, uh, your health, your own responsibility. It's our responsibility to treat you well and to make sure you're up to date, but also know your levels, know your labs and, you know, you know, your body and how you feel, but also, um, come in and make sure you're up to date on your labs and you're taking care of yourself. I like it. That's not, that was a home run. Come on, Amber. That was good. That was good. <laughs> this, this has been a wonderful episode, a very informative episode of the Mid-Level Show. Uh, tune in to us next week. We will have another great topic for you. And uh, thank you to our Mid-Levels, to Kara, to uh, Fran and Amber, representing Kingsport, Johnson City, and Knoxville, your local performance medicine providers. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you all. Bye. I appreciate it. Bye. See ya. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. you. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.